Good morning, everybody. Um, uh, for those of y'all that are possibly guests and joining us for the summit, thank you so much for being here. We're going to, it's, this is a summit field, this is a conference field, so feel free to go get uh, breakfast over here. Uh, there'll be, uh, of course, bathrooms in the back. If you have any questions, we have a Connect Team member in the hallway, wherever there may be uh, one with a badge, see them, they'll help you, direct you where to go. Um, also, uh, there was something else I was gonna say. If you are, um, if your children are here and you would like to let them go to uh, nursery or preschool or kids praise area, all those are open and ready to receive your child. So please do that now and we'll get started here in just a few minutes. Good morning, everyone. We're so glad to have you here as we kick off the very first Abide Summit that we're, we've ever had. And today is really a day that we've, we've set aside just to get still before the Lord, just to ponder the greatness of Jesus and to ponder the comfort that walking with Jesus brings to us as we live in this frantic world. I know that it's kind of a different day, and we'll probably have people kind of filtering in uh, as the day goes on, and, and that, that's just fine. But the idea behind this, we would try to do conferences and things like that in the past that were on Friday night and Saturday morning and all those kinds of things, and, and we just realized that really we were burdening some people doing it that way. And so what we decided to do is to figure out how to do all of it within a Sunday, and that's really kind of where the summit idea uh, was born. And so we're going to have three different sessions. We'll have uh, one uh kind of in our normal connection group hour, then one in our normal worship hour, and then one that follows uh, after that as we, as we eat together. But this is a time really just to, just to relax, to enjoy yourself, to, to get to know people at your table, and hopefully, hopefully really just think deeply about Jesus in a way that brings comfort and rest to your spirit. Now, over the course of the day, there's going to be some times, we've got four different times where there's prayer and meditation. And I want to kind of set that up because during that time, each time there's going to be a time of silence for you to meditate on a particular, uh, a particular thing, whether it's the greatness of the name of God, which will be the first one, or it's the confession of your sins, or it's, it's praying and, and, and asking the Lord for different things. There's going to be times of silence, and it may feel uncomfortable to you. 
And I, and I think that in lie, therein lies part of the problem that we have with how frantic we always feel. We're uncomfortable with quiet. We're uncomfortable with stillness. And so one of the goals of today is to actually, in the way the service is laid out, to build some rhythms that you can begin implementing in your life that will help you have a healthier spiritual life, a healthier walk with Christ. The speaker this morning, our, our primary speaker, is a man by the name of Andy Frazier. I'm so excited uh, to have Andy here. Andy and I have become really close friends. It's just one of those guys uh, that you meet sometimes, and you just have a kindred spirit, and it's been that way for Andy and I. We both like to cut up and, and have a good time, and I've really enjoyed uh, getting to know him. And, and Andy honestly has just been willing to mentor me in a, a number of ways and just kind of taken me under his wing, and so I've been really just thankful for his friendship and just thankful for all the investment that he's made in me, and I'm excited for you to be able to hear from someone that I have such high respect for and hold in such high regards. It's one of those things where I think it's good for you to hear new voices and fresh voices, and Andy and I come from the same same standpoint, but we have a different voice, and it'll be I think it'll be really great for you to hear that fresh voice uh, this morning. But let me just start this morning with the word from John chapter 15, and really where this summit gets its namesake. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, or remain in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things, listen to this. This is the, 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 the so that, right? The, the purpose. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This morning, would you stand? Just for as we get started and worship with us.
that you're here with us today. Uh, a couple of things I just want to bring to your attention as we get ready to go into a time of, of prayer and silence. And as Gayla makes her way up, she can come on up here, Gayla. Um, man, I just want to think through as, so like Cody said earlier, there's going to be some times throughout today where we pause for meditation. Uh, we pause for scripture reading. We pause for prayer because we want to work these spiritual disciplines into our life because honestly, I was talking to Gayla earlier, 30 seconds of quiet in our lives feels like 40 minutes, right? And so as we get in talking about the hallowness of God, the greatness of God, how big God is and how he is enough, 
I want you to listen to these couple of scriptures with me. In 1 Chronicles 29, 11, it says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heavens and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. And then look, listen to Psalm 91, 1 and 2. It says, this, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. What we want to do is take just a couple of seconds, uh, and I just want us to take a minute and just reflect on the goodness of God in your own life, what he's done for you, and how his promises are always true. Let's take a moment and just in stillness and quiet. stand amazed in your presence. God, that your creation sings of your majesty. And God, we stand in awe because you're good and you're righteous and you're holy and just. All your ways, God, toward us are good. And God, we are grateful. We thank you, Lord, for those tender mercies that are poured out fresh and new each day. We thank you, Lord, for the kindness of our great God. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us everything we need, oh God, in this life to pursue you in holiness. God, we thank you, Lord, for the power of your word, God, to change us, oh God. Your word tells us it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and God, it brings us to you. Thank you for the great gift of your son, Jesus, Lord. Oh, God, the word made flesh that came to dwell among us. Lord, I'm asking you today to move among us in that sweet presence, oh, God. Help us to push into Jesus Christ today. Lord, to make him our dwelling place. God, that you might come and we might find rest in you. Oh, God, for there's no rest, no peace in this life apart from knowing him. So, God, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you today to come. We invite that presence of the Lord in this place today. We pray, oh, God, that we would be a people holy whose hearts pant after you, God, as the deer pants after the water brook. God, I'm asking you to move today in power and might and fill us afresh today with that spirit, God, that helps us to go forth and be Christ to a lost and dying world. God, I'm asking today, in the name of the sweet Son of God, in his name we pray, amen. Hey, would you guys make welcome Mr. Andrew Frazier to our pulpit this morning?
Thank you, Andrew and Cody and John and Iron City for having me here today. It is a pleasure. Uh, I don't even work for Chick-fil-A and I can say that. It's my pleasure to be here today. I come to you today uh, bringing you tidings and greetings and also the privilege of knowing that our sister church, the church I pastor, Grace Baptist Church, as we meet this morning, they're praying for all of us today. Isn't that great to know that you've got some people praying for you today? <clears throat> uh, I am, I'm grateful. You ever just wake up and you're just, just glad to be here? Uh, as of yesterday, I wasn't sure I was even going to be able to talk today, but I'm, I'm going to try my best to wing it. My wife gave me some kind of fancy thieves oil uh, cough drop thing I got in my mouth and I just put it in there and I'm like, wow, like I think they call it thieves because it steals all the taste out of your mouth. But uh, I'm going to try to make it through today, <clears throat> and uh, you might hear me clear my throat a little bit, I apologize. Uh, what a great church you have here. What a great testimony your church has that goes beyond your community. Uh, here in Alabama, we know well of the work that Cody and Andrew and John and your staff and leadership are uh, do doing some great things, not just for kingdom, but to make, make disciples and make a difference in your life and I'm grateful for a church that will set aside time like you have today. Instead of let's do more, let's add more, let's be busier and, and, and more productive, a day that you will slow down and rest in Christ. And my prayer for all of us is that that's exactly what we're going to do. Today, the first thing I want to talk about is just simply coming to Jesus. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. And then we're going to talk about uh, some, some things in the next session and in the following session that just kind of stack on each other. I'm here today, and why I feel like I'm here today is to talk to you about a, as a person who struggles with being busy, being tired, and this last year and a half, haven't we really felt that way maybe more than ever? Uh, the first few months of us enduring the lockdown the difference in our schedules, the, the forced slowing down that we had to, to, to make amends to our schedules. It seemed fun for a little while, right? And then it's like, I'm not getting anything done. I've got so much I need to do. Uh, that forced time away hopefully made us a grateful people. Hopefully it made us evaluate things in our lives that maybe we need to get rid of, maybe we need to change or possibly add some things. I'm a person who juggles a lot of things. You ever seen the guy at the circus and he's spinning all the plates at the same time? You ever feel like your life's that way? I try to manage a busy schedule, a hectic life, a young family, trying to live up the, the expectations of others, trying to pastor a church, run a small business, and be a faithful disciple of Jesus. And I don't know about you, I get tired sometimes. As a matter of fact, I feel like in this season of life most of us are in, that's probably one of the things we could talk about that we have in common. I just feel tired. I just feel exhausted. I just feel ready for a break from everything that's going on. Are things to get better? I'm ready to turn the corner and get back to the way things used to be. But let me inform you, where we are now has a lot of bearing on where we're headed and we're not headed back to the way things used to be. I hate to burst your bubble and tell you that, but we are in a new normal. We're in a new phase of life for us 
individually, as families, in work, and even as we worship and work and serve Christ together in our church. I say I'm busy. Some people recognize me, not in a coat and tie or in my Sunday best, but some people recognize me this way. If you want to look on the screen up there. Uh, most people don't recognize me from the front. Most people recognize me when I'm bent over this way, okay? <clears throat> this is my other job, okay? Uh, at least about four days a week, almost every week, three and a half, four days a week. I'm a farrier. I, uh, I have a hard job. It's physically demanding. And here's what's interesting about this job. I get to be around lost people all the time. I don't have to do this, but I get to do this. Uh, I could be in full-time ministry, and I would love that. But I feel more fulfilled being out around people. I have people who, who don't go to church. I have families who don't know Jesus. I have people who call me their pastor, who ask me to come and do their kids' weddings or their, their parents' funerals. And I get to, to, to do that. I wouldn't have that same opportunity if I was a full-time pastor. But at the same time, it's not easy. It's hard juggling these two things. It's two worlds that sometimes don't balance really well. Early on, I had people in... And then the business I'm in tell me, you can never be a pastor and do this. And I've also had people tell me, you can never be a horseshoer and be a pastor. It's just impossible to balance two. Well, since 96, I've been doing this. So we're hanging in there. We're trying to keep going and doing it. But what's amazing is I work such a demanding job. It's, it's tough on me mentally and physically. Listen, here's what's... The, Maybe you can relate to this. I'm around a whole bunch of horses rear ends all the time, okay? I have people who complain about my work, complain about having to pay me, who constantly compare me to others in the same line of work, and that's just ministry, okay? I'm also a farrier as well as a pastor. That's one thing that you can see a lot of correlation in those two things. There's a lot of work, and sometimes it's hard in ministry to put in the work and see the results. And a lot of us are in that stage of life right now. I feel like we're putting in all this effort and all this work, and maybe we're trying to do things the same way we've always done them, and we're not getting the same results. We're just getting tired. I think today is a great time to just step back, Sit down and breathe in the life-giving grace of Jesus. Just abide in him for a little while. And it's so good to do that in solitude and, and in silence. But isn't it refreshing to be around other people who are honest enough to admit, I need this, we need this? I think that's where we are today. If we do not recognize the need for abiding the need for rest in Jesus, then we are denying God the opportunity to pour into us life-giving grace that we need. We are not God. That is something we need to remind ourselves of often. And I think what we've been through the last several months has been a huge billboard. It's been an opportunity for us to read the writing on the wall and say, you know what? I'm not in control the way that I thought that I was in control. I'm not the one who runs the world. I'm not the one who rules the day. I'm not the one who controls anything. It's God. And we can rest in that. Not just that he is 
the sovereign ruler of the universe. He is, and we're so grateful. But he is the one who cares for your soul. He cares that you abide in his son. He cares that you find rest in Jesus. He cares. So denying your body the opportunity to abide in Jesus and rest the way God designed us. Listen, being busy is not virtuous. It's prideful and it's dangerous. And by being forced to slow down, I think God has humbled us a few notches. And he has reminded us that he is God and we are not. God intends for us to take care of ourselves physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We're going to talk about those things today, how we can do those in a practical way, but guided by God's word and God's spirit and with the help of God's people. Do you know, and maybe some of you have been there, you can get to a point where you run yourself so ragged, you are so stressed and so exhausted that it can physically hinder you You can even end up in the hospital, can't you? Maybe you're that person or maybe you're close to someone or know someone who they've ended up in the hospital. And all the doctors can point to is they read their charts and say, this is stress-induced. This is someone who is burning out their adrenal glands. This is someone who is not getting enough sleep. They're not eating right. They're not physically taking care of themselves. Or sitting there with a professional counselor. And they're telling you everything in your schedule is pushing you over the edge to the limits that your body was not made to go. And you need to slow down. Or maybe you've sat in your pastor's office and you don't know why your life is a wreck or your marriage is in shambles or why your kids are not living the lives you intended them to. Maybe it's because we need to step back Sit down and rest and abide in Christ. Here are some signs that you may be tired, that you may be exhausted. Here are some physical indicators. When you're driving down the road and that check engine light comes on in your car, here are some check engine lights for your body and your life. You're not thinking straight. You ever get so tired You can't reason. Your your cognitive reasoning abilities is not there. I mean, I passed a guy on the interstate a while ago who I cannot tell if he was fully asleep or if he was half asleep. But, man, he was dozing. And that's not good. You know, driving on the interstate when people are driving about 75 miles an hour and you're sleeping. And, listen, he was driving driving an old van. It wasn't like he was driving a Tesla or something, okay? That's dangerous, right? But it's dangerous for us as well to know we're exhausted and still keep going. You don't think straight. You're stressed out. You snap at people. You're short. You're impatient. You eat in a very unhealthy way. Some people stress eat, right? You are restless even when you have time to sleep. You don't get that REM sleep. You're not getting a solid night's rest. You're moody, or for some of you, maybe moodier than normal. You lack motivation. You know things need to be done. You just have no desire to do them. Your immune system is weakened. 
You ever been around that kid who catches every cold in the class? Or the person in the office who takes all of their sick days and then some? Or maybe you, maybe you have noticed a pattern where you are more prone to be sick at certain times in your life. Or maybe it's just simply this. You go all day and one of your thoughts that rules over the other thoughts is, I can't wait to just sit down for a few minutes. I can't wait to just lay on the couch and veg out. Or I can't wait to take a nap. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing those things. But if that is constantly on your mind and you're not getting to concentrate on other things because you're thinking all I want to do is just rest for a few minutes, those are signs that you're tired, that you're exhausted. Physical tiredness will lead you to be spiritually unhealthy. So I'm not talking just about spiritual exhaustion or physical tiredness or emotional distress today. We're going to talk about all of them and how they affect us as a whole person. So what do you do when you get tired? What do you do when you, when you see those check engine lights come on in your life? Do you stop? Do you evaluate? Do you talk to somebody? Do you get help? Do you change? Do you slow down? Do you take breaks during the day? Do you take time off from work? Or do you wait until your body shuts down and you can't go anymore? How do we rest our bodies and mind? That's important. How do you sleep? That's important. How do you spend time with your family and not focus on everything else that's going on? That's important. How do you make enough time to do fun things in life? That's important. But here's some good news, some really, really good news for all of us, okay? All of us who feel tired, Jesus is the answer. Jesus has a solution for those of us who are tired. And I don't mean just taking a nap. Listen, Jesus wasn't scared to take a nap, was he? I mean, he crossed over a, 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 a sea that was raging with a storm, and he was up on, on a pillow in the front, sound asleep, right? I'm not talking about taking a nap. Jesus has a solution for those of us who are tired. And here's the giveaway for this next few minutes. It's, it's very simple. It's very elementary. It's very black and white. It's very clear. But it doesn't mean it's easy. Come to Jesus. That's the answer. We look for rest. We look for relief. We look for help in all of these different things. We, we try to be busier. We try to be more productive. And Jesus is just there waiting for us to come to him. He's waiting on us. Listen, the offer he has for us today and every day, we should take him up on it. We should know that he is serious when he wants us to come to him to get the rest that we need. Look in Matthew chapter 11 with me for just a minute. Matthew chapter 11. And think about this as you open this passage of scripture in Matthew chapter 11. We're going to look at verses 25 through 30. Here's a question I have for you that might be 
a pre-indicator of the check engine light that's about to come on. Okay? Do you have a consistent, intentional, unhurried, uninterrupted time alone with the Lord every day? Jesus did this. Listen, I can talk about how busy I am. You can talk about how busy you are. I don't think our schedules rival Jesus's. He was a busy dude. And he was fully God, yet he was fully man. So being fully man with a busy schedule, he got tired. But you know what Jesus did to help curb exhaustion and relieve his weary body? He got up earlier than everybody else and went to these silent, solitude, interrupted places where he could have unhurried time alone with his father. It's amazing. And out of that, Jesus gives us the offer to come to him and give us rest. Look in Matthew 11, verses 25 through 30. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. This is a simple prayer. This is a prayer that Jesus is praying, and he doesn't care who hears him. As a matter of fact, he's very intentional that he wants people eavesdropping in on his communion with the Father here. Then he goes on to say this in verse 27. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the, the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Listen, if Jesus is gracious enough to extend to you the offer to come to him, that's intentional on his part. We're not going to run to Jesus on our own without the Spirit and the Word and Jesus making that offer. And this is what happens in the offer to come to him, what Jesus wants to give us that our weary souls need. Listen in verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you, what does he say here? Rest. You can read that and take a deep Sigh of relief. <sighs> Can't you? And then he goes on to say, not just that. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find what? Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of God. These are the words of Jesus. And they're not just something that was written or spoken 2,000 years ago. They are something we need right now, aren't they? Jesus wants us to come to him. At this point in Jesus' ministry, Matthew is inspired by the Holy Spirit to give us an account of all kinds of different things that are happening. Jesus is preaching. Jesus is responding to the messengers from John the Baptist. Jesus is pronouncing 
impending judgment on those who are unrepentant. And Jesus does something here that's different than any religious leader who's ever lived. You see, Confucius and Buddha and Muhammad and every religious leader that's ever lived say things like this. Never stop working. Never cease striving. Keep doing more. Keep trying harder. Do better. And Jesus is saying, come and rest. That's different, isn't it? As a matter of fact, that is counterculture to the world we live in now. Our world wants to fill our schedules up with opportunities to be more productive citizens, to be better employees, to add more to the, to the, to the top end and the bottom end, to, and to, to add more decimals to the zeros at the end of the zeros. Our culture puts pressure on us. Do you remember a time we had pre-cell phones? Do you remember what that was like? I was trying to explain to my sons the other day, my first paying job that I actually paid taxes on, that I actually worked for a company, I bagged groceries at a local grocery store. And I remember ever so often I felt so loved when someone would say, Andy, come to the office, you've got a phone call. And I would go to the office, I would answer the phone, they would only give you so much time, if I had time, I would go outside to the pay phone. You remember those? Put a quarter in and call somebody. Or get this, I saved up enough money, and I got this little black box called a beeper. And I thought it was just so awesome when somebody would send you their number, and you would have to pull over somewhere and find a phone and call somebody and have a meaningless conversation over something that didn't matter because it wasn't even an emergency, right? And prior to that, listen, we went everywhere with paper maps. We had so much time on our hands, and we still wasted it. We were still tired. But even now, we're more tempted than ever to feel as though we have to be busy. And you know, there's a reason why we feel that way. We have been trying since Adam and Eve sinned and were kicked out of the garden to work our way back into the good graces of God. And it will never happen that way. You can fill your schedule up. You can try to do more and do better and work harder. And it will never, ever, ever be enough to satisfy your soul. Jesus is saying, come to him and rest. Come to him and rest. Jesus is trying to put up with the hostility from those who oppose him, the confusion from those who want to follow him, but he's dealing with the sinful fallen condition of everyone around him and those who include you and me who pick up God's word and read it now. Jesus is trying to tell people, instead of trying to do your best and do more and work harder and work better and work smarter and strive for perfection, Jesus is saying, come to me and rest. I want you to think about that for just a second. Everybody close your eyes. This is not some super mystical, spiritual, emotional manipulation, okay? Just close your eyes for just a second, okay? Okay. 
Now take a deep breath. And breathe out. Now look up. Do you know your body just sent some signals from your brain to the rest of everything that's going on that you just relax for a microsecond? Doesn't that feel good? Multiply that times a million, and that's what you get in Jesus. That's what you get in Jesus. So, here's where we're going to start. How much time do I have left, Cody? Ten minutes? Okay. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take two minutes. Two minutes, and I want you to maybe discuss with those at your table something. Something very important, okay? Here's what we're going to do. In two minutes, I want you to tell people at your table why you think you're tired, okay? I know this is going to be bearing your soul and maybe admitting some guilt. And if you feel great, grand, and wonderful, um, you can put the energy drink down and be real for just a minute, okay? <laughs> so for two minutes, I want you to just discuss why you think you're tired or why you think you get tired, okay? I'll give you about 30 seconds. Some good conversations, I'm sure. Lots of interesting things you talked about. By the showing of hands, how many at your table felt like you had a lot in common with the people at your table? We're talking about the same things make you tired, right? Those with young kids all raised their hands. I noticed that. Yep. Having young kids can be exhausting, right? But what a blessing they are. Prior to this passage of Scripture... Jesus is saying people who lived in certain cities are under impending judgment simply because of this. They would not repent. 
Now, I wonder why Jesus would make this scandalous offer of his grace for people to come to him and rest right after he said it requires repentance to enter into the kingdom of heaven. I believe it's because of this principle. It's on full display here. We need to repent of our busyness. We need to repent of our attempts to work our way into the good graces of God. We need to repent of making priorities out of things that shouldn't be. And we need to repent of our prideful condition that we think we know what's best for us. Jesus, when he says, come to me, it is a simple offer, but it doesn't mean it's easy. It means we have to do some things. When Jesus invites us to come, he knows this about us. First off, Jesus knows our lives are hectic. He knows this. There's nothing about you that Jesus doesn't know. You can cast your cares on him because he cares for you. That's wonderful. But Jesus knows the reason we have a lot of those cares is because we live hectic lives. Listen, even a person who lives off-grid has a lot of work to do. Have you seen those shows? They go dig up the dirt and build the cabin and put up the solar panels and, and them and their family argue off camera and you never see that, right? But there's a lot of work to do there. Lives that are hectic are antithetical to the clarity the gospel brings. Here's what I mean by that. You're pushing against Jesus' offer to come and rest when you are living a hectic life. You're saying, Jesus, I know your offer is there, but I think I have a better plan. Our plans are terrible. Jeremiah says, if you want to know about our hearts, they are deceitful and desperately wicked. So our plans are not the best plans. Jesus' plan is the best plan. So when he's talking about these other cities needing to repent, he's talking about people. And people, in order to come to Jesus, must be humble and repentant. So I think Jesus, knowing our lives are hectic, would like for us and be pleased if we were to recognize some things we need to repent of. Now, I didn't come here today to point fingers at you and to shame you and to blame you and to make you feel awful. Listen, I can look in the mirror and do that enough to myself. But the Spirit in God's Word calls us, beckons us to come to Jesus. And it means simplifying. It means doing away with. It means often repenting. Jesus not only knows our schedules are hectic, He knows our burdens are heavy. In this phase of life that we're in, most of us feel as though the magnitude, the weight of what's happening in our lives is heavier now than it's ever been. And we sense this, not just individually or as a family, but think about this as a church, as, as a culture and a country. I mean, every single time you turn on the news, you read the social media scrolling, and you stop and you look, man, that's crazy. I can't believe that's happening. You've got things that are going on 
that shouldn't be going on, right? And it burdens us. And we have those burdens. Plus, we have the burdens of expectations of others. We have the burdens we put on ourselves. And Jesus knows we live hectic lives. Jesus knows we have burdens and they are heavy. And our sin, listen, our sin causes us to be more hectic. Our sin causes us to pile more on ourselves and let others place more on us than we should. We lie, we steal, we cheat, we even try to fool ourselves. And that's just with the time we try to use. Not to mention other areas in our life. The weight of our sin crushes us. And you know what? It should. If you ever come to a place where you are okay with sinning and the check engine light doesn't come on, then something is major wrong. There can be outward change that you can make. There can be the attempt to put on the happy face and make everybody think things are okay. But that weight, that hectic schedule, that busyness and wearisome lifestyle will eventually catch up with you. Jesus wants to give you true rest by coming to him. And that's kind of the foundation we're laying for the next couple of sessions we're going to talk about. In the news, I read something the other day. Talking about being tired and being busy. There was five ways you can recognize that you're too busy. Seven things that are indicators that you are exhausted. And listen to this. There are 83 ways that you can turn your schedule around. Literally, there was an article that I looked at. Jesus doesn't have five, seven, or 83 steps. He has one. Repent and come to him. So what I wanted to do is pray for us. And think about this, this quote from Augustine or Augustine, depending on how schooled you are in theology, right? Listen, our souls are restless until they come to Jesus and find our rest in him. This is what Augustine says. God, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless till they find their rest in in you. That's what Jesus is saying. Our rest is found in him, in no one or nothing else. So maybe, just a maybe, right now the Holy Spirit has kind of awakened your heart to realize there's some areas, there's some things that need to change. That's what repentance is. It's recognizing we're going one direction and we have to change directions. We're going our own way and we need to follow Jesus. So what I want to pray real quick as we close is that the Holy Spirit will help us identify those areas so that we can deal with them. I want to pray for us. Father, thank you for this time in your word. Lord, I pray right now that we recognize we don't have to do more or work harder or try to please you. Lord, our rest is found in Jesus. Convict our hearts where we need to change. May the Spirit and Word guide us of the way we need to go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Andy. Um, you didn't have to speak to me directly while you were preaching, so thanks. Thanks for that. Um, <clears throat> my wife 
uh, probably is looking right at me, and I, I, of course I've been in the back, and uh, she knows that, uh, and I'll, really this entire church knows that I, I stress a lot about things that, are, that, that don't need to be stressed about, and uh, I feel like the weight of everything is on my shoulders, and so yet again, that first session, resting in Christ, and my wife is screaming, and I'm not even going to look at her right now, uh, um, but no, uh, we wanted to kind of take this time as uh, just discussion-wise and, and kind of get to know uh, some different people in our church, and of course, uh, Daniel, you are uh, just recently got elected as a new elder, and so we'll be starting uh, elder training for that. So, Daniel Nance, and then we have uh, Thomas Curley, who is uh, one of our students in my D group as well, and uh, one that I consider a student leader uh, in our ministry. And so, we just want to we want to discuss some questions with you guys, and just and I'll, Thomas, I'll start with you first because I know you're you're probably the most nervous. Uh, go ahead and get you uh, get you going, but. <sighs> We are busy. Like there's there's no there's no doubt about it. Andy covered that several times. We are busy. Like, dude, you play basketball. You have you know academics as far as school. You uh, you got a faith. So, I mean, like the the stress of you know getting a scholarship or getting you know academically being good, right? Is is there because it's just it's a stigma of of that school. Um, and then you also play extra stuff like soccer whenever they need you. Like you, you just you you do whatever you can. You're athletic and you have all this the stress on you all the time, right? Because you're you're a junior this year, I want to say. Yeah. So you're already. We were talking about it in our D group. You're already stressing out about you know what to do. Uh, you know what you want to do for your future. And and so there's there's a lot of stress with you. But at the same time, all that stress is there you're still showing people who you are in, in Christ each and every way, like your sports, your academics, your, um, your uh, ability to play, play all that. So how do you abide? How do you abide in Christ in your everyday life as a student? like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and all that he does he prospers and that verse alludes to the question how do we abide in Christ that if we're living like like we don't know Christ that we've never met him that we've never seen the fulfillment that we get with him then that's not going to be able to that's not going to show we're not going to be a light to the lost world yeah. It's easy to get arrogant a lot of times, especially in sports and basketball. I've seen uh, a lot of the rivalry uh, sports. I mean, I have seen, I've, I've personally seen your attitude on and off the court. Um, it's not one that is uh, arrogant. It's not one that is boastful. And so let me congratulate you on that. I mean, I know that's what that's you abiding in Christ. But, uh, man, what are some things that you can do or, or kind of help other people in here, other students uh, even, like, be that person? Work, you're, you're in your 
season and games and don't let anything get in front of you. Really do that. You, you just you stay straight on the path. You do everything to your class. You do it to the best of your ability. And that's what you do. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Thomas. Daniel, man, you uh, you work a um, work at, uh, at say it one more time. I'm so sorry. I, I'm drawing a blank. BAE. So you are over safety, right? No, you are. What What are you? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I apologize. I am so sorry. You You handle a lot of people. You're over a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know that your job is very important, uh, but you have to have hard conversations with people. Yes. Okay. So how do How do you abide in Christ in those difficult situations? How do you abide in Christ? And now, granted, you may be going a different way with this, but how do you abide in Christ at work? Uh, your everyday life. Yeah, I wasn't gonna go different way. Um, you you go you go whatever way you want to go. Well, so it's, you know, I've got five minutes, so we'll try you're good. Um, so abiding in Christ for me is just really taking Him at His word and trusting Him. Um, just thinking, kind of, we've all seen Lion King and and uh, you know, grew up on Pride Rock and Mufasa is telling Simba, hey, everything that the light touches is a pride land, and then Simba's like, hey. Now that, that shadowy area, area over there, what's that? Like, well, that's beyond our borderlands. Well, you know, in, in, with Christ, we don't have that. Every arena of our life is under his rule, his reign, and his care. You know, those shadowy areas where our besetting sins are, our pride, our anxiety, our depression is. And, you know, Christ, that's, the, that's, that's our real you, the place that we don't want people to see. We don't want people to know. Um, but Christ has enough grace to make those barren lands flush so at work, what it, when I want from the flesh is saying, you know, wow, that was a really dumb move. Can't believe, you know, you were that ignorant. It's, hey, understanding that maybe there's some stressors going on in their personal lives or within work that I'm unaware of. And so I extend grace to them. I try to, under, you know, ask the question to find out what their reasoning is and not be, you know, harsh and not be like, wow, dude, that was, that was really dumb. So <laughs> you've never had those conversations? I've had those conversations. Okay. okay. And, I, and I, wa- I, I want to be like, wow, I, you know, I want to be like, hey, idiot of the month, but, yeah. you know, it's not. Thank you. Thank you. That's not, because, you know, Christ would look at me and be like, man, Daniel, I thought we learned this lesson. Yeah. Here we are again. Well, you know what? Let me break it down Barney style. Let's, let's break out the crayons. But, <laughs> you know, it's, but, hey, he's, he's gracious. He's kind. He's patient with me. And so I would extend the same thing that he extended to me to them. That's so. That's grace. Showing grace whenever yeah, grace. I would say yeah. Showing grace. Um, you know, two thirty a.m. when your baby's crying and waking you up, and it's like, my gosh. Yeah. Um, it's resting in Christ that hey, kids are a blessing from the Lord, and you know, don't kill them. That that talks about. <laughs> that talks about home. That's yeah. that's you know how do you abide in Christ at home? Um, you know, I I, uh, I know you you have three kids as well, right? Yes. Um, and, and they're really close in age. So I mean, like, as a father, let, let me go ahead and we got three minutes. We're good. Okay. Right. As a father, let me just father to father here, and of course all the dads in the room. Like, how how do you abide in Christ, man? You got three kids and, and a wife who uh, who works as well, but also um, is able to stay at home a, a lot more. She's been with the kids all day. And they have screamed and cried, and, and it's just it's just been a, a bad day. How do you abide in Christ and show love uh, in, in your home life to even your, your spouse? So to quote Peter, I say, live with your wife in an understanding way, realizing she's a co-heir to the grace. Yeah. And so when it's been a stressful day at work, and I'm like, hey, I, I, you know, I want to decompress, 
knowing and trying to get my own time, realizing, hey, she's dealing with kids all day. Um, so go in and, and take over the kids, take over, you know, control the chaos and let her let her have some time alone. Um, be like the whole knowing your wife holistically and just yeah. and, and talking to her because you know just and realizing your time. That yeah, you got to have the hard conversation sometimes. Yeah, you got to tell her the truth, but the way you say it can really affect how it impacts. It's kind of like you know saying, hey, wow, that's a really good looking dress, or wow, babe, that's a really good looking dress. I said the same thing, but my tone articulates a different message on each of those. Yeah, that actually points back to a book that we have. It's a, it's a free resource, by the way, on the table, but it's called Love and Respect, right? Um, that is, you, you, I believe you went through that book too as well, right? Yeah, I've, I've seen the... Okay, our D groups do. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Love and Respect um, is a free resource out there. Uh, married couples, I highly recommend it. It is a fantastic book. Our D group, D group has gone through it. I know several D groups have. Uh, but that is a free resource to you all. Anybody, that, this is not going to, yeah, again, this doesn't fix your marriage. Don't, don't say, like, this is, this is the end all know all, right? Um, but it, it addresses some issues that, you know, even Holly and I, we've been married for 12 years now. And uh, just, just stuff that just, just stood out to both of us, like, oh, my gosh. Like, why, why did it take us this long to uh, see how simple this was? So, um, yet again, pick that up. One per family. Actually, two. Let's just go and do two. That's, that's a free resource for you guys. Um, get one for the husband and wife, and y'all go through it together. Um, but thank you guys so much uh, for just being up here, Thomas, Daniel. Thank you guys. I know this was nerve-wracking, but y'all did fantastic. So, um, all right. During this time, I'm going to uh, I'm going to ask that you guys just go take a break. Uh, we'll be back in here. Uh, let me get a time. Uh, Andrew, give me a time. I'm so sorry. It's up here too. All right. Uh, 11, no, not 11. What in the world? 15 minutes. You know what? We'll just do 15 minutes. All right. Um, 10, 15, come back in here. And we're, hey, we're going to do a, a session of speed dating. So if you have any room at your table, move up. Uh, be, find a new table that doesn't have that many chairs. I know the MOG table over here uh, is, has several chairs vacant for it. So come sit with a pastor. Get to know him, right? Um, but uh, get move in because we're going to have more people come in at 1015. We want to make sure these tables are ready for them as well. So go and have a break. We'll be back here at 1015.